0: Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church family here in Yankton, South Dakota. Our episode today is from our series, Awesome Relationships. We all desire to have awesome relationships in our lives, yet they can be difficult to find. In this series, we're gonna look at several key relationships in our lives and how, with God's help, we can make them awesome relationships. We hope you enjoy. If you're a first time guest, we just want to say welcome home. We are so glad that you're joining us here today for our online gathering. And we're going to be starting a brand new series called Awesome Relationships. For the next five weeks, we're going to be unpacking different types of relationships and how we can have those relationships be awesome relationships. We're going to talk about friendships, we're going to talk about families we're even going to have a very special Mother's Day event and you're not going to want to miss that as well. So throughout this series, we're going to be looking at a key verse. And I want us to say this verse together out loud. And more than that, I want us to actually memorize this verse. Think about this verse as kind of the meme of this series. All right. So we're going to say this together out loud at the beginning of all of these messages. And hopefully by the end of the series, you will have learned it. Let's read it together out loud. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity, Proverbs 17, 17. If there's ever been a time when we've needed awesome relationships, it's now more than ever. And I think this series is so important during this time of social distancing, how we can really work on those awesome relationships and get those together, because that's what God's desire is for us as a church. And today we're going to start with the most important relationship outside of your relationship with God, and that is the relationship of marriage. God established marriage before he even established his church. Marriage was established before sin even entered the world. Marriage is a very important thing in the eyes of God, and it should be important to us as well. Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, marriage should be honored by all. Marriage should be honored by all. The problem is our world today doesn't honor marriage. Now I would contend we love weddings. (laughs) We just don't like the marriage that goes along with the weddings. See in, in 2009 in the United States of America, the wedding industry earned $72 billion. $72 billion just on weddings, just in one year, just in this country. And as we all know, half of those marriages are gonna end in divorce. Think about it this way. That's $36 billion basically just thrown in the fireplace and wasted. We talk about our economic problems right now. What if we just fix that? That would save a lot, wouldn't it? See, I'll go back to what I said before. Marriage is the most important, significant, human relationship that God has created. I love what Tim Keller writes in his book, The Meaning of Marriage. Marriage didn't evolve in the late Bronze Age as a way to determine property rights. The Bible begins with the wedding of Adam and Eve and ends with the wedding between Jesus and his church. Marriage is a God thing, and therefore it requires the author to be in the center of it to succeed. It's been proven by millions of people over thousands of years across multiple cultures. Marriage has not only survived in God's way, it has flourished. If there is a failure in marriage, and church, I don't want you to miss what he says here. If there is a failure in marriage, the fault doesn't lie in the institution of it, but rather in the participants of it. Everything God created, he created for a purpose. Except for cats. Cats have absolutely no purpose at all. I don't know why God created that, all right? <laughs> I just lost half of you right now, over your ship is dropping. <laughs> it's a joke. Calm down. Everything God created, he created for a purpose, including marriage. So today, we're going to talk about the purposes of marriage. And I would just want to say something before we get started. If you're watching today and you're single, you're probably in one of two camps. You probably really would like to get married someday. And if you are, this message is so important for you. Take notes, every married person watching would tell you take notes and unpack this because this is going to be huge. But maybe there's some of you who are single who either don't want to get married or maybe your marriage didn't go very well and you have no desire to ever go down that road again. If you're in that camp, I want you to learn as well and take notes. Because I guarantee you, you will have friends, family members who will have marriage problems That you'll need to help them walk through and if you're listening to this today and you are married oh my (laughs) you better get your pen and paper ready because we're going to talk about God's purposes of marriage now I'm going to make this statement and then I'm going to take some time to unpack it here's the statement that I want to make there is no such thing as marriage problems there is no such thing as marriage problems I'm holding here in my hand a guitar amplifier all right now what i would do is if i had a guitar i'd plug it in here and i would play the guitar and this amplifier would amplify what i play on the guitar now if you know me you understand i have no musical talent at all all right so i'm going to save the internet the pain of listening to me actually play the guitar because what that would do is amplify the fact that i have no idea how to play a guitar you see what i'm talking about okay what's my point Marriage just amplifies who i already am let me give you an example of this if i have money problems and i get married (laughs) marriage amplifies the problems that already exist in my life which is why i hear this all the time where people say to me pastor we can't afford to live separately so therefore we have to live together before we get married now let's just take the sex thing out of it for just a minute okay I just I want to help people understand this if you have two people that have money problems and can't manage their money separately when you get those two people together it's not gonna solve the money problem it's gonna amplify the money problem and so just for that sake alone please stay apart until you get financially independent and then you can come together again you see where I'm going with this there's no such thing as marriage problems Marriage only amplifies the problems that I already have. If the person that you're with and that you'd like to get married to is a slob, and you see that, I've heard it said before, Well, somebody will say, well, I'll just change that. I'll, I'll fix them. <laughs> to which all the married people are laughing hysterically right now, because that won't happen. Marriage doesn't fix problems, it just amplifies what's already there. It gets more serious though. If you have an anger issue and you just fly into uncontrollable rage, marriage won't fix that problem. It's going to amplify that. If you feel lonely and you really need somebody and you just just can't be happy unless you're with somebody else and you think marriage is going to fix that problem, it won't because that person will disappoint you. It will just simply amplify the loneliness you already feel. If you have sexual issues, and I hear this from guys a lot of times, they say, Wow, if I could just get married, then I could have sex all the time, and that would solve all my problems. To which all the married men who are listening right now are laughing hysterically. (laughs) Probably more, their wives are laughing right now, right? Marriage doesn't fix sexual problems. Marriage simply amplifies sexual problems. If you have an identity issue, if you, need, if you don't know who you are and you need a purpose and you feel you need to get married to solve those identity issues, marriage isn't going to solve those identity issues for you. It's simply going to amplify it. Now, that's the bad news, right? Now, now I want to give you the good news as well. See, what we talked about is God designed marriage and God has a purpose for marriage. So when your marriage <laughs> lives out the purpose that God intended for it, Just in the same way those negative characteristics can be amplified, God can be amplified in your life as well. What am I saying? The more you follow God, the more I get my relationship with God right, the more God is gonna be amplified in your marriage. So today, what I hope this does for you is I hope it helps you to amplify your relationship with God, which then can amplify your marriage. You know, the wedding vows that we're so familiar with, I want you to think through these with me together, right? We say, "Do you promise to love, honor, and cherish this person for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. And then we add this, we say, so help me God. Now, what I would like to see sometime is a bride and groom when we get to that part, instead of saying it, so help me, God. Right? This is what I'd like to see. Both of them get down on their knees, hold their hands up in the air and say, So help me, God! <laughs> that would be a better prayer to have. All right? So, so here are the five purposes of marriage. I'm going to give you the first one. Connection. Connection. 1 Corinthians 11.11 11 says, In the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. The reality is we all like to be independent but we weren't designed that way. We need other people. God designed us to be in connection with another person, which is again amplified in the relationship of marriage. The entire entertainment industry, one could say, is built around this idea that we need that intimate human connection. I need to find my person. And and that's a God designed quality that we all have, which is why marriage is so important. Now, I want to read this next passage, but before I do that, I just want to unpack something for you quickly. What I'm going to read from you is the words of Jesus Christ, not mine. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm 42 years old. I've been following Jesus for over 30 years. One of the charges that God has given me as as a preacher of the gospel is to preach his word in truth and in love. And so sometimes God's word says some things that I have to really just speak the truth in love. And I don't want you to push away from this. I'd rather have you push in from this. Because again, my job is to read the Bible and then explain it to you and help you understand what God's saying. I can't change what God's word says. So with that being said, I want you to read the words of Jesus with me from Mark 10, verse six. But at the beginning of creation... God made them male and female. Those are the words of Jesus. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Church, I can't read that any other way. And at no point in Scripture does it show anything else. God designed marriage to be a connection between a man and a woman. You see, that's why sex outside of marriage is so damaging. Because it breaks that connection. Instead of having that connection with that one person, our culture now has had that with multiple people. That's why living together outside of marriage is so damaging to that. Because it breaks that connection. Basically, what you're saying is, is I want to have... The benefits of marriage without the commitment to it. And as the prophet Beyonce says, if you like it, you should put a ring on it. That's why that can be so damaging. It breaks that connection. That's why affairs can be so damaging. Not just physical affairs, but emotional affairs can be just as damaging because it breaks that connection. It breaks that bond that you have between a man and a woman. This is why divorce can be so difficult. Now, if you're listening to this and you're divorced, I want you to know, God loves you. And and God has so much purpose and plan for you, but I've yet to meet anyone who has gone through a divorce and said, wow, that was a really great experience, okay? It's hard, and the reason is because it's breaking that connection that God made. God has designed us to be fully connected with our spouse, and that's one of his purposes of marriage. Here's the second purpose of marriage that God gives. Multiplication. Multiplication. Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There it is again. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. God is love. And out of this love, God made everything in all creation, including you and I. You and I are the culmination of all of God's creation. And God has allowed human beings the privilege to be part of his creation. And how we can do that is we can have children. We can create another human being, two people, a man and a woman, can come together and create another human being just in the same way that God created us. That is a cool gift that God has given us out of his love and out of our love we can create our children now the problem with this has not been sex all right we've had no problem with sex (laughs) the problem (laughs) has been marriage and sex together because see what we're trying to do is we want to be committed to the other person first that's what God wants in multiplication God wants a commitment between a man and a woman to then multiply kids from there And that's why too often we run into problems because what I see a lot is I see a husband and a wife be more committed to their kids than they are to each other. And that's not how God designed it. God designed us to have the connection between a husband and a wife. And out of that, then we pour into our kids. It can't be the other way around. Now, I just want to pause for a second and say if there's a couple that's watching today that maybe can't have kids, or maybe you're you're choosing not to have kids, please hear this. That doesn't mean in any way you're, you're outside of God's will. Don't hear me say that. There's a lot of different options you can do with that as well. Maybe you can adopt. Or again, maybe if you don't want to have kids, what I would encourage you to do is pour into the next generation. What a great gift God has given you in your marriage where you can have time to invest in other people or in other relationships to continue to multiply and grow God's church. Because multiplication is one of the purposes that God has given us for marriage. Here's the third purpose that God's given us for marriage. Protection, protection. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I find it interesting there's no commands for mothers here and I don't think that's out of disrespect, but I wanna speak to the men who are listening right now. You may have heard the phrase, any guy can be a dad, but it takes a real man to be a father. I want to take that a step further. Any guy can get a wife, but it takes a real man to be a husband. One of the things that the Bible is very clear on is as a husband, as a father, you will be accountable for your family. Look at what Malachi 2, 13 and 14 says. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks on favor on your offspring or accepts them with the pleasures from your hands. You ask, why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. One of the main purposes of marriage is for the protection and provision not only of your wife, but also for any children you might have. And the unfortunate thing is we live in a world today where so many men are not being held accountable for their actions. There was a summary of over 150 studies that a child grows up with a, only one parent, there's increased risk that they're gonna fail in school, not graduate from college, be involved in substance or alcohol abuse, likely to experience distress depression and the risk of suicide is more likely to do jail time more likely to live their entire lives in poverty they're more likely to increase the risk that they themselves will divorce or bear children outside of marriage we live in a culture where men are taught look at women as a prize look at women as an appetite for my own sexual desire And when that happens, if there is a child that's come out of that, it's either not my responsibility or you try to dismiss it. And that's what happens when we live outside of God's plan and purpose for what marriage was, for protection and provision of our families as well. And men, we need to change that. That's our responsibility, that we need to step up to the plate, and we need to do that. For the first 10 years of my career, I worked at a place called Children's Home Society. It was a place where I dealt on a daily basis with kids who have been physically abused, emotionally abused, sexually abused, and abandoned. I could count in the 10 years that I worked there, in the hundreds of kids that I dealt with, a very small handful of them who had a significant, healthy male relationship in that situation. Men. One of the purposes that God has for marriage is for our stepping up for protection and provision of our family. Here's the fourth purpose that God has for marriage. Character. Character. I have two boys, and they're both teenagers now, but when they were little, um, both of them went through seasons of having trouble sleeping at night. And not once, this never happened at all, did uh, any of them ever come into our room Uh, Stand at the foot of our bed and gently wake uh, Elaine and I up and say "Um, mom and dad. Sorry. Sorry to wake you up I I know this this might be an inconvenience. I know it's very late Uh, Apologize about that, but I just wanted to let you know that um, well my diaper's wet and And if it's not too much trouble if if you're as soon as you wake up If you want to just come in and just just change that diaper for me um, That would be a great thing. (laughs) You know that never happened once you know what they did instead they laid in their crib and did this Right? until I would get up and go take care of them. Why do I say that? It's because you and I were both born very self-centered. It's always about my needs, and, and it's your job to meet my needs. And one of the things that maturity means is to put other people's needs ahead of my own. Look what Proverbs 18.1 says, An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends. Relationships are where we learn to be unselfish. This starts all the way back in preschool, kindergarten, all the way through high school, and it fully develops, or at least should fully develop, in marriage. There's a myth that I heard all the time is that marriage is supposed to make me happy. See, it's my spouse's job is to make me happy. And I would just say, that's true for about the first three days. (laughs) And then you realize, like we talked about, selfishness starts to come out. There's a book um, that anyone who wants to get married at Celebrate Church, we we don't recommend, we require that you read this book. It's called Sacred Marriage. And in it, the author says, marriage isn't designed to make you happy marriage is designed to make you holy i am created in the image of god god as we talked about already created mankind in his own image the problem is my sin distorts that image of god so god just like we do with kids needs to work on my character he needs to develop me into the image of his son jesus christ I don't always want to forgive other people, all right? But I do because that's what God wants me to do. I don't always love other people the way that I should, but I work on that because that's what Jesus required for me. I don't always want to serve and help meet their needs, but that's what I'm required to do. That's what God does in me. Look at what Romans 12:9 says. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. The fifth purpose that God designed marriage for is for reflection. Reflection. Marriage is a reflection of our union with Jesus Christ. Look at what Ephesians 5 says Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. My marriage is a reflection of who I am in Christ. Like we talked about before, it amplifies who I already am in Christ. You've heard me say this before. This is never the problem. This is always the problem. If I'm frustrated with Elaine, I have to ask myself, has God ever been frustrated with me? <laughs> if I don't forgive her for something, I have to ask myself, has God ever forgiven me? What we like to do is we would rather point fingers than look in the mirror. If, if he would only, if, if she would only fill in the blank, if they would just stop doing this, if they would just start doing that. See, we like to point, point fingers, and we'd like to blame instead of reflecting back and looking how I can change and what I can do better. There were two neighbors (laughs) and they had yards that were right next to each other. One of the neighbors had a beautiful lawn it was perfectly manicured, just gorgeous. The next door neighbor, uh, his yard looked a little different. It was covered in weeds, there was grass growing all over the place. I want to ask you the question, was that a reflection of the yard (laughs) or the owner? You are absolutely responsible for your own actions. Now, you're you're not responsible for your spouse, but you are responsible for how you choose to respond to them. Can you love your spouse as Christ has loved you? It might be difficult, it might be hard, but it's a reflection of my relationship with God. Now, I always want to clarify on this point. um, There are situations where a spouse is being abusive, either physically, emotionally, or verbally. That is never okay. And in those situations, that's not your fault. And, and that is an evil thing that they are reflecting back from their own heart and their own mind. And you need to take steps to protect that. But what I'm saying is, is in most situations, what we need to do is we need to take a look, not blame the other person. But how can I grow? How can I get better? How do I speak about my spouse when they're not in the room? Do I tear them down or do I build them up? Because, see, that's what we're supposed to do. If we're reflecting Christ, we're going to be encouraging other people. And just as Paul said, presenting them with totally blameless, without any blemishes. There's two words that I want to talk to you about. They're up on your screen right now. It's the word united and the word untied. When we think of the word united, we think of weddings and happiness and bliss and marriage forever, right? When we think of the word untied, we think about hurt separation, divorce. You know what I find really interesting about those two words? There's only one difference in them. (laughs) It's the misplaced I. Whenever I misplace the I, I change it from united to untied. And I would say it's the same thing in marriage. I said it earlier. There's no such thing as marriage problems. It's just when I misplace the I and where I need to be at. Elaine and I have had a wonderful marriage. This this next year we're gonna be celebrating, this June, we're gonna be celebrating 19 years of being married together. It hasn't always been amazing, but it's been a wonderful thing. And and one of the things that I wanna encourage you today is God, if God has brought you together with your spouse, it's not just for your benefit. See, God brings two people together how to benefit his kingdom, how that you together are not only better for each other, but you together are also better for God's kingdom. God wants you to be connected with your spouse. God wants you to multiply your relationship, either in your kids or maybe even in God's kingdom. God has called us to protect our spouse and our family and provide for them as well. God has given us our spouse to help develop that character, to help us grow more like Christ every single day. And God has given us our spouse to reflect back how we are treating them and how that is a reflection on our relationship with God. See again, this is never the problem. This is always the problem. There are no such thing as marriage problems. Marriage just amplifies who I am. And the more that you are like Christ, the more that will be amplified in your marriage. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the wonderful gift of marriage. Lord, I thank you that you could bring two imperfect people together, God, and have my problems and your problems, and we put our problems together, and we try to work it out, Lord. And I know that sometimes we can laugh, and we can joke, and we can have fun, but sometimes it's very hurtful. Sometimes it's very painful. Sometimes it can be very damaging. And God, I pray if there's anybody listening right now who's had damage, from their marriage. God, I pray that you would bring healing to that, Lord. Whether that marriage is still together or whether that marriage has been separated, God. God, I just pray that you would bring healing to those people. But God, I pray for those couples right now who are wondering if it's worth it, if it's working. And God, I just pray that we would run around these five purposes. We would grasp a hold of them. And we would make a commitment to living out your purpose in our marriage. God, if there's anyone listening who's maybe single right now or dating, I pray that they would just take these words to heart and they would start off the marriage the way that you designed it to be. And God, more than anything else, I pray that we would first look to you for our identity, for our purpose, for our happiness, for our enjoyment. And then out of that relationship with you, God, that would just flow out to our spouse. And that we could just amplify you to them in our lives. We thank you and we praise you and we ask all these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Due to the COVID-19 outbreak, all our gatherings are currently online only. You can join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. on our website, yankton.church. During that time, we offer live chat as well as prayer. We also hold live online meetings the other six days of the week as well. For more details or times, you can email us at hello at or you can call or text 605-679-7224. Don't miss our updates on Facebook or YouTube either. You can like or follow us there as well.